Bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the one who hurts you to die. That's what bitterness is. And Lecrae, he says this. He says that, uh, what's the, the word? They say don't get bitter, get better. I'm working on switching that letter. And isn't that so encouraging? Like even looking at somebody like Lecrae, like a music artist, uh, that he even doesn't have it together when it comes to forgiving people. And the reason that we're talking about forgiving people today is because we all deal with offense. And what I know about offense is when we don't deal with offense properly, we go on the defense. What that means is we start putting our hand out towards people. We won't let people into our lives because somebody else has offended us, someone else has hurt us, someone else has done something to us that we don't want to trust other people now to come into our lives to potentially hold our heart again. And it's true because here's, here's when you look at the core values of Vivid Church, is that one, we want to be loved. Two, we want to love Jesus. Three, we want to love people. That's what we're talking about today. And the last one we'll talk about next week is we want to serve your world. Out of all of these, loving people is the hardest. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. We've all been hurt by someone before because they've been hurt by someone before. And now all of a sudden it comes on to us. And so li listen to this, think about this. It's easy, it's easy to be loved by God, to be in a, in a worship session, to just hear a teaching, to just sit at the feet of the Lord. Uh, uh, it, it's easy to love on God, right? Like last week we talked about this, taste and see the Lord is good when you're sitting at a table, like these are tables behind me, just sitting there and actually tasting the Lord, seeing that he is good, just seeing what he wants to pour out to you, that he is the bread of life, it, it's good. So even serving your world, that could be easy, right? Like when we serve our world, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna do this outreach, I'm gonna do this once a month, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help these people, I'm gonna, whatever it is, I'm gonna send money to this. Even yesterday, uh, we have, like Chrissy has this little box of keepsakes uh, and we have different pictures in there, different things like that. And one of the things that are in there is some of the stuff from World Vision from kids that we sponsor overseas. And Vivi was going through the box and she was asking about it. And I was telling her, it's like every month we send money uh, to World Vision to help provide uh, for this little girl. And, um, and Vivi said, oh, so you send her food? I'm like, no, honey, we, we send her money. And, and that's what, right? That can be easy. We can just, we can just send, I don't even have to go on a missions trip. I can just send money uh, to, to make a mission, right? To be that mission. But when it comes to people, when it comes to loving people, this is difficult. And one of the hardest things is, like I was saying, is we get a bitter root in us towards people because of something that somebody has done, something that somebody has said. So what we're going to talk about today is to see how did Jesus love people? Because that's our model. We want to be like Jesus. We want to look like Jesus. So what does that look like? So this is what it says, okay? It says, when the Pharisees heard uh, that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered to him and they were going to ask him questions like, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? Now even think about this. That right there is the Pharisees and Sadducees trying to get Jesus stuck in a position to say, what's the greatest law? Like you choose which one's the greatest because then what they can do is they can point back. See, see, he doesn't believe this. He doesn't say that. He doesn't understand this. It's one way for them to get him to neglect the other laws. That's what they were trying to do. But this is the thing. When you look at Jesus' response is that what never is neglected is love. Love never neglects. This is what he said. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? Like we talked about that last week. And then after that, he says, that's the first and greatest commandment. The second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is saying, hey, hey, out of all the laws, out of everything that you've been told what to do and what not to do, if you just love God and love people, you will do them all. 
Those are the greatest. That is what is most important. That is how we make a difference here in this world. All the law is fulfilled in one word, and that word is love. That's the word. And that's why we want to learn how to be loved. That's why we want to learn how to love Jesus. That's why we want to learn how to love people. But here's the problem. We've all been hurt by somebody, right? You, right now you could be hurt by a spouse. You could be hurt by a pastor, by a boss, by a coworker, uh, by a coach, by a teacher. We've all dealt with hurt in, a di in different ways also. Some of us just had our feelings hurt because somebody forgot to text us or they said they were gonna go out to lunch with us and, and they, they blew us off, right? Or, or, or they forgot, whatever it is, and we're hurt by that. Some of us have deeper, deeper, deeper wounds, the most horrific of sins that were done against you, against a family member, against someone close to you, someone that was abused, someone that was neglected. There's so many different, there's such a different scope of hurt, but one thing we all have in common is we all have been hurt. So how do we deal with this hurt? As Christians, and maybe you're not even a Christian right now, but you're like, you know what, I'm interested in, in Jesus. Because maybe what you've seen from Christians before is they're not dealing with how to forgive somebody. They're not dealing with how to get rid of that bitterness because they're very judgmental. That's what we don't want to do. We don't want to be judgmental. We want to be forgiving. The Bible is actually pretty clear that we're called to judge those inside, not outside. So let's go on this journey of forgiveness together to learn how to love people. So here are three practical ways. Ready? Number one, be quick to forgive their sins and failures. So this is what it says in Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Is it possible that somebody who hurt you didn't even realize what they did? Is it possible that somebody that, again, forgot about you, said something about you, whatever it was, they, they, they were saying it's such a slight remark, they didn't even understand the weight, the weightiness of it. Fathers, if I could speak to you for a second, something that I'm working on, I don't want to say that I've got this together, but something that I've studied is this, that the weight of the words of the father resonates with the children way longer than the mother. So what are you speaking into your kids? What are you telling your children? Matter of fact, the other day, if I just, again, telling you, I don't have this all together. The other day, I was stressed out, I was annoyed, I did X, Y, and Z, and I don't even remember what was happening. But I just told Gwen, oh, this was right after I think we went on a date also with uh, Gwen, that's my eight-year-old, on a date, is as we got home, um, you know, all the kids were just being loud, being what, being kids, right? Uh, it was hot. Chrissy's doing stuff. My mom's doing stuff. I'm trying to do stuff. Uh, and they just kept wanting to do, do. I'm like, listen, I just, I just need a second. I just need a break. I don't want to spend any time with any of you right now. Like literally I said it to my kids. I know I'm a horrible dad. Um, and, and Gwen went to her room pouting. I went to the kitchen. I just asked Chrissy, I'm like, what can I help you with? And she's like, you know, you know, like when your wife gives you a look, like, you know what you just did. <sighs> She, she's like, you hurt Gwen's feelings. And Gwen is the, the more emotional one. She's like me, I'm emotional. So I had to go in there and say, Gwen, I'm sorry. Daddy does want to spend time with you. That's why I just want to date with you. I'm sorry. Come on, let's go play. And I think we went outside and rode scooters and whatnot. But the reason I'm sharing this is that the weight of our words weigh so much on our children. That if we're telling them, I don't want to spend time with you, that, that is going, they're going to remember that for years. Versus when we're trying to say, no, no, I do want to love you. I do want to spend time with you. I do want to uh, take you on dates, whatever it is. But that's why when I say like, when, when he says, Father, forgive them, they know what, not what they do. Is there a possibility that your, uh, your, the person who hurt you didn't even know what they did to you? Is there that possibility? And what we're looking for today is when it says, Father, forgive them. When you look at the word forgive, it's the word afimi. And I probably am butchering that. 
<laughs> it means to release a prisoner or set someone free. That's what it means. To release a prisoner or set someone free. That's what Jesus was saying on the cross. Like, God, I'm not holding this against them. I'm not going to be the one that, that keeps them imprisoned. God, I release them. That's what he's calling us to do, to forgive. When Jesus cried, Father, forgive them, he was saying, Father, release them, or Father, do not hold this against them. That's what he was doing. And that's what he calls us to do. See, when you're facing unfair criticism, when you're facing abuse, when you're, when you're facing something that you didn't do that you shouldn't have had done to you, it's imperative that you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and how he responded when he was hurt. Are you gonna respond the same way Jesus responded or are you gonna respond the way that so many people in this world respond? Eye for an eye, getting back at them, right? Like th that's what the world is saying to do and that's not what we're called to do. He didn't retali uh, retaliate back. The Bible actually says this. It says, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. So this is, this is where it's hard. And this is where I just want to admit my sin to you. Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's a lack of faith. When Jesus trusted in his heavenly father to handle the judgment, I don't want to do that. When somebody sins against me, against my family, against those that I love, against, against someone that's close to me, I want to take and I want to bring the wrath. I don't want to rely on God because this is what I know about God. He's a loving and just God. He's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. Uh, what can happen? What I fear. What if somebody hurt one of my children or somebody uh, close to me and then they give their life to Christ? Well, then God, they're not going to get the judgment that they deserve. Now that's just my flesh. That's, that's me not understanding the gr grand scheme of things of how God wants to bring everybody into the kingdom. Because what if God is saying, yeah, they, they did hurt somebody that you love, or maybe they did hurt you. But if you actually pray for them the way that Jesus is teaching us to not threaten them, not to revile, to not get back at them, that they could actually find salvation for eternity. Because again, this life is so short. This life is just, I mean, it's a vapor the Bible talks about. And the Greek word revile, look at this. It, the, the word is um, loidorio. And again, I could be butchering that. Uh, but it, it means um, to speak abusively, to insult someone, or to speak words that are cruel. I gotta tell you something. When it comes to my flesh, you know it feels good speaking words that are cruel when somebody's hurt me. Like, doesn't it? Like, let's just be real. Like when, you know, like when somebody offends you and does something to you, the whole like, forgive you, brother, bless you, brother, that doesn't feel good in my flesh. I want to be like, listen here, brother, you know, like, you know, like that. You want to like pop off at them, right? Like, cause that feels good to our flesh to get back at them. But what Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't do that. Actually, if you want to grow, don't try to grow your flesh, grow your spirit. And to grow your spirit, you pray for them. You don't revile. You don't try to get back at them. Trust that God will, and you do your part, which is pray for them. Now, this is what's hard. Praying for somebody that's hurt you is hard. But what I just said about number one, be quick to forgive their sins and failures. One of the greatest ways that we're going to forgive somebody is by praying for that person. And I know you're pushing back. You're like, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. I understand all that. We've all been hurt, right? But I'm telling you what, the way to freedom is through forgiveness. It says this in 1 Peter 2.23. It says that Jesus committed himself uh, to him 
that judges righteously. He committed himself to God. That word committed is the word to entrust and to hand over. It literally means to surrender. He, he said, I'm surrendering what I want to do to you, God. You go ahead and do it. What if we did that? What if you and I, as we've been holding on to this bitterness and we could literally say, God, I don't want this anymore here. You take it. You deal with it. I'm surrendering it to you. I want you to have it, God, because that's what Jesus did. And we're supposed to be looking at Jesus and we're supposed to be emulating Jesus and not the world. But too often we say, no, I'm going to hold this bitterness because it's a badge. Like it's not a badge of honor. What it is, it's a bullet wound to the heart. That's what bitterness is. And it is killing you. Can you admit that? When bitterness, when I hold on to bitterness, it's killing me. This isn't something to, to be proud about. This is something that's destroying us. It's a cancer. So the second thing that we can do when it comes to loving people and forgiving them is believe the best. So this is what Chrissy and I, we say, whenever, whenever somebody supposedly said something about us or whatever, we're gonna go in a meeting, we think it's gonna be hard, whatever. This is what we believe the best. We say, we love them, they love us. We want the best for them and they want the best for us. When you can get that part, that, that saying in your mind, whoever you're meeting with, your spouse, your kids, your teacher, your coach, your boss, your coworkers, it doesn't matter. I love them and they love me. And I want the best for them and they want the best for me. Because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And too often we get our mind going because here's the thing, oftentimes we don't speak the truth out loud, but we think lies over and over and over in our mind. And then all of a sudden we think everybody's against us. And we have these ideas of why they're against us. And this is what it says in Luke 17, three. It says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now here's the thing, this word rebuke, like especially like when I just read that to you, that Luke 17, it says rebuke him. That sounds like, yeah, I am gonna rebuke someone. I'm gonna bring the rain. Like doesn't rebuke sound like such a harsh word? Like, yeah, I'm gonna have this meeting. I'm gonna let them know what's up, you know? Like, okay, I can't, I can't like give them a, a, a tongue lashing because the, the verses before, uh, it told me not to, not to, to revile, but to trust God, but I'm gonna rebuke him. I'm gonna rebuke him in love, right? You know, like, so here's, here's actually what the word rebuke means, okay? It's actually the, the Greek word epitamo, and it describes a frank but gentle way of politely telling a person that he has done something that you perceive to be wrong. A frank but gentle way to tell somebody that you perceive they've done something wrong. That's what a rebuke is. A rebuke isn't you bullying somebody. A rebuke isn't how you as a Christian can bully someone the way that you wanna bully someone. That's not what it looks like. Matter of fact, I wanna give you, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Chrissy and I teach this for the married life. It's the uh, I feel blank uh, statements, okay? Like, I feel blank, when you blank. I'm gonna give you guys some examples, okay? So here's how you can have a rebuke um, talking with somebody in love, right? Because you love them, they love you. You want the best for them, they want the best for you, okay? When you, that here's, here's one for your coworkers, okay? When you don't engage with my ideas during the project meetings, okay? When you, I feel disappointed and frustrated. When you, I feel. When you, I feel, okay? And now this is what we have to get used to. We're telling ourselves a story, all right? That's what's happening in our mind. And we have to verbally process this with them. The story I'm telling myself is that I'm not, important, I'm not an important member of the team and that my hard work is going to waste because that's the story you're telling yourself. That is, right? We all tell ourselves a story. We make up these stories in our mind. That's not necessarily what the person is doing. That's not what your coworker is doing, your spouse is doing these. We're, we make up stories in our mind. Okay, so this is how you can fix it, ready? I wanna know 
that my work is valued, okay? So here, let me go through this slowly, okay? When you, that's number one. I feel is number two. The story I'm telling is number three. I wanna know is number four. I wanna know that my work is valued. Here's number five, you ready? Would you, would you? right? You're asking that question. And I'm telling you what, when you go through these five things, you're going to see that people oftentimes they do repent. Oh, I didn't mean to make you feel like that. I love your ideas. I love it when you come, you come so prepared to meetings. I'm sorry. I feel disengaged or I was on my phone because oftentimes that's what happens when we're doing something on our phone, when we're paying attention somewhere else. And all of a sudden we feel like what we're saying doesn't matter. Our ideas don't count compared to other people's. Okay. Here's, here's another example. Ready? Here's for relationships. Okay. When you come to our lunch, lunch meetings late, right? I feel hurt. The story I'm telling myself is you don't care about our friendship. I need to know that you respect your commitments. Would you put a timer on your phone? Like again, th these aren't things that your, your friend is gonna be like, well, and they start popping off at you. So many times when we come at a place of love, a rebuke, guys, sometimes, we build up a rebuke like it's a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like even the word just sounds ugly and it's not. What it is, it's an engagement. It's a conversation between two people who love each other and they're expressing the way that they feel. Because I'm telling you what, if you do it this way, you're gonna see somebody in your life repent to you and you're gonna see relationships mend. Imagine doing this with your spouse. Imagine doing this with your children. Imagine doing this with your coworker or your, your classmates or whoever it is, that when you actually have a conversation, instead of having these conversations in your mind where you get madder and madder and madder and more bitter, more bitter, more bitter, that you can actually get this out. I'm telling you what, the devil doesn't want you to get this out. The devil doesn't want you to have this conversation with your friends, but Jesus does. And how do I know that? Because he just says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Go have the conversation with him. Stop being, listen, what we have grown up to be, okay? Uh, I love TikTok. Chrissy and I have, you know, followers on TikTok. We do ministry on TikTok, all the stuff. I love social media. I'm a big fan of all of it, okay? You're watching this right now on YouTube, on Facebook, on TikTok. You're watching this wherever. Here's the thing, though. We have become like keyboard warriors, right? Like, I'll say something to you via my thumb, texting it out or whatever and sound macho, but then when a person like, oh, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, no, no. We need to be able to have those same conversations face to face, like men, like women, like the people that God is calling us to be as believers in Christ. But what happens is we get so, uh, we become very pacified. We become such babies in the Lord. And he's like, even Paul says, listen, there was a time when you had milk, right? Now you're, be, now you're supposed to be eating meat. This is where you're at now. Stop being a baby. Can I just tell you, I'm just gonna rebuke you guys in love right now, okay? Some of you are being babies because you're not willing to have a conversation with somebody. And maybe it's even with me. Maybe you're afraid to have a conversation with your pastor saying, hey, when you blank, I feel blank. The story I'm telling myself is this. What I'd like to do, you know what I'm saying? We can have that conversation. Anyways, now I'm on a rant. Let's keep going. This is what Jesus says. If he repents, forgive him. If the person who has hurt you repents, forgive him. Now the word repent, and I love this word, it's metateno. 
It's a compound word from meta, right? Like we're all hearing about the metaverse right now, which denotes a change, okay? It's a change. And the word knows means mind. So put those two together, it's a change of mind. See, when someone truly repents, you're gonna see a change. They're gonna start thinking different and acting different and walking things out different. You should be able to see it. So this is what we do, okay, as believers. We don't say, I'll forgive you when I see blank. We say, I'll forgive you believing that I am gonna see blank because that's what Jesus does for you and I every day. Jesus does not get to the place of like, okay, hey, listen, you're asking forgiveness for your sins. Well, when I see you get it together, then I'll actually forgive you. Could you imagine? What if life was like that? That would be horrible for you and I. Like, cause we never get it all together. We're always still having a negative thought. We're always having a sinful behavior, but Jesus says, no, no, I forgive you. Believing that you are going to continue to repent and turn towards me. What if we did that with our friends, with our family, with our children? with our coworkers, with those who are around us, that we would believe the best in them. The third thing, for you to forgive somebody, speak prophetically into their future. And I get what you're gonna say. Somebody like, I'm not a prophet. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be a prophet. I'm telling you to speak prophetically. So this is what it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, three. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Like. When you are praying for them, speak who they could be. When you're praying for your spouse, don't keep bringing up to God what they did. Speak the man of God that he could be. Speak the woman of God that she could be. Speak about your children and what you see for their future. God, I see children that are gonna rise up and they are gonna make a difference in this generation. That they're not gonna use social media for negative, for uh, gossiping and complaining, but they're gonna use it as a platform for the gospel. Like speak that in your prayers. Speak this over them. Speak prophetically into their future. This is what Mark 11:25 25 says. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who's in heaven may forgive you. When you're praying, you should be for God, I forgive them. And this is what I've done before and I just wanna help you out, okay? Here's here's an easy three-step process. You say this over and 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 over again, okay? I forgive them, I release them, I bless them. God, I forgive them for what they did. God, I release them for what they did to me. I'm not gonna let that hold on to me anymore. God, I bless their future. I pray blessings over them, what it looks like for their future. I forgive them, I release them, I bless them. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, I get it, right? You're like, I don't know, man, if I pray for them, it's gonna be praying that they go to, you know, like that's that's what you wanna pray, and I get that, okay? Those are our feelings, that's our flesh, okay? Again, like we have to make our flesh submit. So when we say, because we don't want our flesh to grow, we want our spirit to grow, we say, God, and maybe this is it. Maybe you don't even get the details. I forgive them, I release them, I bless them, amen. Like that's it, like go for it, do that, that's fine. Because it's you learning and growing, because I'm telling you what, you start doing this for a week, a month, I'm telling you, by month two, you're gonna start saying, God, I forgive them for, and you're gonna be specific. I release them from, and God, I speak these blessings over their life. I speak the blessing, God, for their, for their marriage. I speak the blessing for their business. I speak the blessing over their children. I speak the blessing in their finances. I speak the blessing, you know, but, but I'm telling you what, because what you're doing is you're building yourself up. You're building up your spirit. You're building up that spirit because I'm telling you, we don't just get saved and all of a sudden we're super, you know, super spiritual. It's a workout. This is a, your gym. This is your workout for your spirit right here. I forgive them. I release them. I bless them. The word forgive, I love this. Um, me, which means to let go, abandon, leave. And one translation is divorce. The word that we use to forgive can be translated as divorce. 
When you're forgiving somebody of what they've done to you, you are divorcing. You are separating yourself from what they've done to you. You're saying no longer will I, will I be attached to that. Just like if a husband and wife are divorced, right? They are no longer the same last name. They're no longer in the same house, the same family. They are detached. That's what God is saying to do when somebody hurts you. To divorce, to forgive, is to divorce yourself from what they did to you. Now, when I say forgive them, release them, bless them, I really bring that up because here's a big thing. Ready for this? I hope you're ready. Matthew 11:28. 28. Are you tired? Have you been tired from carrying this? Have you been tired of carrying hurt? Have you been tired of carrying this bitterness? Have you, are you tired of carrying this un, un, unforgiveness? Are you tired of carrying this? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Here it is, this is what we, we are doing this to ourselves. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus lived freely and lightly unoffended because he wasn't defensive towards everybody that came towards him. When the Pharisees came towards him, he would have a response. He would have a rebuke, right? In love, in truth. When the Sadducees came, when his disciples came, when others came, when he was being nailed to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Like, could you imagine being at that place? A place of such hurt, such torment. And he's saying, Father, forgive them. And what he's teaching you and I right now is he's saying, the more that you walk with me, the more that you learn to be loved by me and the more that you learn to love me, the easier it will be for you to love people. Because when they hurt you, I'll teach you how to forgive them. When they abuse you, I'll teach you how to not let that bitterness get deep in your heart. When they neglect you, when they abandon you, when they, whatever it is, he's like, I'll teach you. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly, not this weight on you. Not this weight that's bearing anymore. That's what he's teaching us to do. And this is the last scripture and we're gonna wrap up with this and we're gonna go into communion. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We wanna guard our hearts because our actions flow from our hearts. And one of the reasons that we take communion every single week here at Vivid Church is because what communion symbolizes is the body of Jesus. Is the bread symbolizes his broken body and the, the juice that we're drinking is symbolizing his blood. What it's saying is that God, I'm a sinner. I, as much as somebody has hurt me, I've hurt you. That's why I, I need your broken body. I need this blood. What it helps is it helps, uh, uh, um, what's it called? Um, level the playing field. That's where it's at. Because no matter what somebody's done to you, we've sinned against God and he could easily have a wrath, and that's what hell is, it's separation from God forever. But he says, no, no, I'm gonna send my son, that his broken body and his blood, it will cover your sin. So whenever you're getting that bitterness, whenever you're getting that anger, we can just go and say, God, I'm gonna take communion because I'm upset with somebody, I'm offended by somebody, I'm hurt by somebody, but what I recognize when I'm taking this cup, when I'm taking this bread, I recognize I'm also that somebody, that I've hurt somebody, I've caused bitterness in somebody, I've offended somebody, I've done something. And not just to somebody, but to you, God. So I'm sorry, because as much as, as I need, as much as they need forgiveness from me, I need forgiveness from you. So I'm gonna invite my wife, Pastor Chrissy, back on. 
we're gonna take communion and we're gonna pray. Because also what we wanna do is we wanna pray for you if you're holding a fence towards somebody, how to release that, and maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Today is the day that you can do that.